This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. Let's stay here. This is a great place for learn and educate ourselves. They may not have been born here, but they are Iowans now. If 25 years ago you would ask, uh, I, I had thought about Iowa at all, it was as flyover space or a punchline to a joke. But here I am. And their reasons for coming and staying are varied. I never felt a sense of connectedness, a sense of community, a sense of, of belonging. And in my brief stint working in Iowa, I started to feel that. Iowa, my second home, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. A lot of Iowans like to tell people how great our state is, but how do you measure that? This week, we listened to five Iowans who give that a try. These are not native-born Iowans, though. They are transplants from somewhere else who chose this state as their home. With a holiday weekend upon us and Iowa's anniversary of statehood still to come before the year is out, we thought we'd take a break this week from news about things that go wrong and take a brighter look at our state. Iowa Watch Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller has our story. This report is lighter than our usual fare. It's about Iowa and what makes this place that was granted statehood December 28, 1846 special for some people. Here was our approach. We invited five people who came from out of state and adopted Iowa as their home to speak at a live storytelling event the last day of November. The event was at Iowa Writers House a bed-and-breakfast catering to writers in Iowa City and our partner in this project called Iowa, My Second Home. These are portions of the stories edited for length. Miriam Alarcanavia grew up in Mexico City and saw the devastation of a 1985 earthquake that killed people she knew. She came to Iowa with her then-husband, who was studying for a Ph.D. at the University of Iowa. He worked so hard on that Ph.D., she said, that he forgot his family. He moved back to Mexico, leaving her a single mother in Iowa. She is a photographer for Hancher Auditorium in Iowa City and also works at New Pioneer Co-op in the Iowa City Cedar Rapids Corridor. So when my daughter, six years old now, know that we have to go back, she looked at me in the eyes and crying, told me, please, Mom. Let me stay here. Let's stay here. This is a great place for learn and educate ourselves. I, I want to study. I want to have a great education. And that is not going to happen in Mexico. Please, Mom. I wrap around my heart. I wrap around my kids. And we decide to stay. Their dad went back to Mexico. I stay here as a single mom now, two jobs, school, kids. I work harder than ever to give them the best education I could. Iowa helped me to achieve that goal and it's still helping me. Now, my daughter graduated high school, valedictorian. Iowa studying math and art. We, she was so lucky and worked so hard that we don't have to pay anything. My son is a great musician. 
He played beautiful the trumpet. A few weeks ago, we went to all the state to hear him playing. Today, when I come back from work, he told me, Mom, look what I have. It was a letter offering a first scholarship to study music in Iowa. Jim Jacobson was born in Brooklyn, New York, and came to Iowa via Northwestern University, then seeking work in Hollywood and film, and eventually the Los Angeles area in journalism. He was a newspaper reporter at the Gazette in Iowa City and Cedar Rapids before going to law school, moving to Boston with his wife Irene Friend, and then back to Iowa, where he is a labor lawyer. In case my accent or Lyle's introduction didn't, doesn't give me away in the fact that I would explode if I didn't talk with my hands. I am a New York Jewish guy who, if 25 years ago you had asked, uh, I, I had thought about Iowa at all, it was as flyover space or a punchline to a joke. But here I am, 25 years later, moved here in 1993. I left home at 18 to attend college at Northwestern. I was uh, well prepared for the rigors of post-secondary education, the academic life, I was not as well prepared for actual life. And what I mean by that is my credo at that point was essentially, or one of my credos, if at first you don't succeed, quit. (laughs) And if it, and and I also had a, uh, um, an inherited skin condition. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called TSS, thin skin syndrome. The, the symptoms include inability to accept criticism of any kind, including constructive and excessive defensiveness. So that was who I was when I left New York. A time came in Boston when Jacobson and Friend were unhappy with their work situations and where they lived. Jacobson says his approach to life had changed by then, too. He was more understanding of people and what had become of his life. I don't know if it was simultaneous, but it was damn close. Um, he said, let's go home. And I knew what she meant. She didn't mean <coughs> three hours down the interstate where I spent my childhood. She meant home. Iowa, where I grew up. Leah Harvan Collins' Iowa as a second home story has a unique twist. She met her husband while an active, highly opinionated Jewish lesbian from New York. She was serving on a University of Iowa presidential search committee with an older electrical and computer engineering professor. Opposites attracted. They had their disagreements, including over same-sex marriage. She favored it, he didn't. And then there was that change in her affections. We, we broke up many times, still wasn't sure what to do. Finally, went to talk to my dad. I said, Dad, here all the ways are different. He really wants to marry me. I have no idea what to do. I was the kind of person, I would go to Hallmark stores and like read the wedding cards to understand how and why people get married. <laughs> I never wanted to get married, let alone to a man. And I would just sit there and be like, forever? And what, you know, and the flowers, what did it all mean? I didn't understand. My dad said, look, I know you. Even if you were aligned on all these things with him, you would still find something to worry about. When you find happiness, grab it. 
And my parents, on their wedding anniversaries, they would send each other flowers. And they would write little cards. And what they would always quote this old French folk song. My parents are from Romania. They're immigrants. And the, the French song says something like, love is forged. Love is created brick by brick and heart by heart. So Steve and I are debating, should marry, marry not? I said, look, this is another reason I don't think I can marry, besides the fact that you're six feet tall. Um, I don't feel it in my bones. I don't, when I read those Hallmark cards, that is not how I feel about you. I don't, this is not. And he said to me, Leah, there's one thing I know about you, and that's that you are gonna change. I don't know how, I don't know what it's gonna look like, but that's who you are. And Leah, in 20 years, I don't think it's gonna matter if you felt it in your bones today or not. And somehow that and my parents' idea of building made me feel that maybe we could build something too. Something difficult, trying, crazy, and always interesting. And I will now tell you, as I close, that in August, we will have been married 20 years, brick by brick, and heart by heart. Simeon Talley has a story about support for ideas and entrepreneurism in Iowa. He is a fashion designer from Iowa City who grew up in Columbus, Ohio, dreaming of being the next Michael Jordan. Basketball, though, was not his skill nor future. Eventually, Tally moved to Washington, D.C. with his uncle and got into that city's industry. Politics. He worked for some congressional offices and came to Iowa to work on Barack Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. We join his story. As a, as a young black male, I want to be able to tell my kids, I was there, I went to work for Barack Obama when the time called. They sent me here to Iowa City, actually. I was a field organizer. I was making my way around the community and meeting people, working with precinct captains and volunteers and, and meeting different elected officials. Started off as an organizer here, moved to Des Moines a little bit, traveled all across the country working for Barack Obama, and guess what? He gets a nomination. Now it's on to, to the general election. After the primary, moved to Chicago to work out of HQ. I decided to come back to school uh, and finish my degree at Iowa. Why? Right? Well, growing up in Columbus, I never felt a sense of connectedness, a sense of community, a sense of, of belonging. And in my brief stint, working in Iowa, working in politics, meeting people, I started to feel that. I started to, to feel like it was a community where I could, I could plug in, where I could make a difference, I could add value. Maybe I could belong here. I started to think there was like this real community here. Man, like what do we do with it? Like people don't think Iowa has like a fashion community, but like my experience, what I see, I see all these people, but they're disconnected. There's no, uh, there's not something that brings all these people together. Of all the things I've been able to do, whether organizing uh, Iowa's first fashion festival, Flyover Fashion Fest, the first statewide convening of fashion, creative and artistic talent, 
Runway shows featuring Iowa designers, Iowa models, Iowa artists, stylists, photographers, all interested in fashion. Opening up a, a space in downtown Iowa City called RAD for micro businesses who are looking for affordable space in the downtown Iowa City retail market, but can't afford maybe the $5,000, $6,000, $8,000 a month overhead. All the, all, the, all the things that I've been able to do in Iowa, what I've realized and what I've grown to appreciate is that it's because in Iowa, um, not only have I found a sense of community, a, a sense of belongingness, there's a community here that's that is supportive, that'll, that'll back you, that'll really get behind you, um, that'll be your cheerleaders, that'll be your advocates, that'll be your champions. And it really is like the field of opportunities, right? The field of dreams. When we come back, a woman born in Rome, Italy, who now makes North Liberty, Iowa, her home. That's next when the Iowa Watch Connection continues. I'm Taylor Odekirk a member of the marketing and public relations team at the nonprofit Iowa Watch. Iowa Watch is part of an exciting funding opportunity through Newsmatch, a national campaign supported by Democracy Fund, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, in partnership with the Institute for Nonprofit News and the News Revenue Hub. Every dollar you donate right now to Iowa Watch will be matched by Newsmatch. Your $20 becomes $40. Please consider giving through this great opportunity by going to the Donate button at the top of iowawatch.org. That web address, again, is iowawatch.org. Thank you for listening to our report today. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double-check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from AARP Iowa. Every two seconds, someone's identity gets stolen. That's why AARP launched the Fraud Watch Network to arm people of all ages with the tools they need to spot and avoid scams. Learn how to protect yourself at aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. That's aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. We continue our look at people who have made Iowa their second home now, Daphne Patton was born in Rome, Italy, and moved to Chicago, Illinois as a young girl. A graduate of the University of Iowa with a degree in geology, she was a rock climbing instructor before getting her real estate license in 2005. She is an owner and founding member of Urban Acres Real Estate. 
She and her native Iowan husband Dave live in North Liberty with their three children and three dogs. I want you to picture a country road. You feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. It's pretty narrow. The landscape is as flat as a pancake corn on both sides, so tall and so thick that you can't see over it and you definitely can't see through it. And that road leads to a small town. Everything's made of brick. There's maybe a courthouse, probably a church, and maybe a diner on the corner. And in that diner, that's where everybody goes after Sunday service for breakfast, where everybody knows each other, everybody knows their name, except nobody's there because they're all dead. The scene I'm describing is actually the children of the corn, which is my first experience with Iowa. I was a 16-year-old 25 years ago, so you can do the math. And I was your typical teenage Chicago big city girl who thought she knew everything. And I watched that movie for the first time. And first of all, I liked it because I liked scary movies. But I liked that scene, not the murder, not the blood, but I liked the idyllic scene of that movie and I turned to my then high school boyfriend and I said I want to go there I want to go let's go to Iowa and I know it, it's supposed to be Nebraska but it was actually filmed in Iowa if you didn't know that in Northwest Iowa I want to go to Iowa and I want to just walk around a small town and just see what it would be like to to be there well that didn't happen because I broke up with him <laughs> but about six months later I had that chance uh, it was time to start thinking about colleges. And again, as your typical teenager, I did not want to go where my mother went to school. She was a graduate of the University of Illinois, so naturally, I chose her rival, the University of Iowa. And again, it was not this little town that I thought that was vibrant and it had architecture and there was uh, diversity. Um, it was politically charged. There were people happy and smiling and there was action everywhere. And again, it, I thought this, this, I couldn't believe it, what I was seeing. And I was so happy to be there. And I realized at that time that this place really is going to be the promise that I saw on that sign when I crossed over the Mississippi, Iowa, fields of opportunities. This place was going to give me opportunities. Fast forward just one year, I had the opportunity to join the University of Iowa rowing team. I'd never rowed before. The only thing I had going for me is that I was tall, I'm broad-shouldered, and I'm thrown like bull, as my Italian father would say. <laughs> and I spent every morning for two years at 5.30 a.m. watching the sunrise on our gorgeous meandering river, glass. That's why we practice in the morning, because the water is like glass. And I saw the sunrise every day. What an amazing way to wake up every day. However, naturally, like most Native Iowans who come to the university, there's got to be something bigger. There's got to be something better. We've got to go someplace else. And me as a transplant, you know, I'm from a big city and I've traveled all over the world. I've lived in another country. Certainly there's got to be something else. So like most people who come here out of state, get their degree and we take it with us and we go someplace else. We rented out our house and we hopped in our truck which we lived in for a year and traveled all over the United States, mostly West, looking for adventure, looking for another town to live in, looking for people we could connect with. Um, and we figured we would settle out West. And we saw amazing mountains. We had wonderful adventures and we met some really neat people, but the people that we met all were connected to Iowa in one way or another. Whether grandma and grandpa had a farm in New Hampton or dad graduated from Iowa State, poor thing. 
<laughs> that, <laughs> sorry if I offended anybody. <laughs> Iowa's the heartland. I mean, everywhere we went, it, the, the best people that we met were connected to here. So after that year, it's probably time to start making money, first of all, and stop losing money and spending money. But more importantly, it's time to plant our roots. We need to come home. And I am so glad that in 2005, we did just that, settled up in North Liberty, and I started my career in real estate. I'll finish my story with another story. This summer, I was actually in Chicago visiting one of my best friends. She's from Cedar Rapids, and like many Iowans, when she got her degree, she moved to the big city because she wanted that corporate life. And we're walking through the busy, anonymous streets of Chicago where nobody knows you. And she said to me, Daphne, you are truly an Iowan. I looked at her, should I be offended? Was that a compliment? I don't really know how to take that. Christy, what do you mean? Well, you smile at people on the street and you say hello to complete strangers. And I realized that is the nicest thing anybody has ever said to me. I am truly an Iowan. The individuals who spoke in this week's program participated in a special storytelling event sponsored in part by Iowa Watch in Iowa City in November, focusing on the topic of Iowa as their second home. I'm Sarah Fields, Marketing and Public Relations Director at the nonprofit Iowa Watch. Iowa Watch is part of an exciting funding opportunity through Newsmatch, a national campaign supported by Democracy Fund, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, in partnership with the Institute for Nonprofit News and the News Revenue Hub. Every dollar you donate right now to Iowa Watch will be matched by Newsmatch. Please consider giving through this great opportunity by going to the donate button at the top of iowawatch.org. That web address, again, is iowawatch.org. Thank you for listening to our report today. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. Next week, it's our annual year-end review program looking at some of the major stories Iowa Watch covered in 2017. That's next week at this same time. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.